Welcome to Punk Frockers, a community sewing podcast brought to you by Jenny Hassler and Beverly Baptiste. Hi, Jenny. How are you doing? I'm doing super. A little bit frazzled, but otherwise great. How about you? I'm doing great because we have a very special guest today. Who do we have? We obviously have my my biggest idol, uh, the person I most admire in sewing, Jenny Rushmore from Cashmerette. And in honor of it, I made myself a brand new honeyborn dress out of beautiful black linen because, you know, and I finally got the full bicep adjustment right. We do have Jenny Rushmore here. And Jenny, can you introduce yourself to our audience and tell them where they can find you? Hello. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. I've been listening and enjoying your podcast for a while. Um, so I am Jenny Rushmore. I'm the founder and creative director of Cash Barrett. Uh, We make patterns, but we also do lots of other things to support the curvy and plus size sewing world. Um, and you can find me at cashmoret.com or cashmoret kind of on all the social medias. I mean, not on TikTok yet. I haven't quite got to that point, but <laughs> Instagram, Pinterest, I don't know, all those places at cashmoret. Great. Well, we are really happy to have you here. And I think that most of our audience knows who you are and um, about your pattern company, but that may not be true. So can you tell us a little bit about how you would describe Cashmeret? Sure. So I started Cashmeret really because I had a need. Um, so I've always been on the bigger side since I was, you know, a teenager. Um, it is kind of funny looking back on it because now I appreciate that like I'm super average, but if you grow up with a super average body, um, I think in the U S or the UK, certainly where I did, um, you are not made to feel like that is average. You're made to feel like that's really off the scale. And, I've always been artistic and I always like clothes and I simply couldn't find clothes that fit me and express my style. It was like, I was lucky if I could even get one of those things, but I ended up either wearing things that fit me, but I didn't really like them very much or things that were my style, but they didn't fit me. So like the number of like wrap dresses I had where I had to wear layers underneath them in order to not, not flash the world or, you know, <laughs> wearing dresses over jeans. Admittedly in the early nineties, that was quite cool. But uh, yeah, so I, I was just really frustrated and it never crossed my mind to sew. My mother doesn't sew. I don't even know if my grandma sewed, but like it certainly wasn't in my family. And then when I was about 30, I thought, you know what, I might take a sewing lesson. And I, I approached it just from a creative standpoint. I've always done a lot of drawing and painting and photography. I thought, well, that's another thing. And like it instantly blew my mind, like the potential as I was sewing my very first cushion. I was like, hold on, hold on a second. There's something here. Like if theoretically I could learn how to sew clothes that fit me and especially my boobs, because like, Sure, I'm plus size on the small end of plus size, but you know, you can find some clothes, but to find clothes that fit like an H cup, I mean, it's almost impossible, right? Like ready to wear clothes are not made for an H cup, like 99.99999%. And yeah, and so it, it sparked a little idea in my head. So I started sewing. And then as I'm sure, I know Jenny certainly has experienced this before. I then faced the same issue because um, it wasn't like, the sewing patterns were actually any much better at the time. Um, I started making clothes out of this book and they didn't, you know, like they were like four inches too small for my waist. I made a skirt that was four inches too small for my waist. It was the first thing I ever did, which I was used to because I was kind of used to the idea that nothing ever fit me. Um, but it was really frustrating. However, as you guys know, like the nice thing about sewing is you can adjust patterns. So I started to learn. And then that's really when my brain started like, exploding and I got into the like super 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 intense phase that I think many of us do especially if you're sewing to like find clothes that actually fit you it's really common to go into this like high state for like sometimes even like years where you're just like oh like this sense of like abundance and possibility and like infiniteness you're like oh like I'm past that now but I was in it quite a few years so I was very happy I set up Cashmere as a blog sorry Jenny you were going to say something <laughs> That's still where I am. Yes. Just having returned sewing and found the patterns, I'm just like all the things. I mean, I make 300 items a year, which is way yeah. more than any needs. 
But, but it makes sense, I, right? Like <laughs> I um I I used the analogy recently to um intuitive eating if people are familiar with that where at the beginning if you start working on this like you know stopping dieting just eating what your body needs you tend to go a bit crazy for a while because you're like abundance you can have everything and eventually it calms down and you're like you know what what do I need what do I want you know I don't just need to like bathe in a pool of it but it doesn't matter like and also it's very enjoyable that beginning phase is very enjoyable I would not take it away from anybody but anyway um I saw the long story. But anyway, so then I set up my blog. Eventually, I set up the Curvy Sewing Collective um, along with a few other people. And I kept on saying, like, it's kind of crazy, isn't it, that I'm the biggest size in everything when, I mean, I'm like an American, I don't know, somewhere between 14 and 18, depending on the day. I was like, I'm always the biggest size and no one has anything for my boobs. And I, I didn't really know, like, how many people have this boob size I have. I have no idea. But I knew that my actual clothes size wasn't really that big at all. And I was like, you know, someone should do something about that. <laughs> and um, I have a very distinct memory of being in my house and brushing my teeth. And I'd always said, like, well, I can't because I'm not a pattern drafter and I don't intend to learn to pattern draft. And then all of a sudden I was like brushing my teeth and I was like, you know what? I just need to know someone who does. And I did. I did know someone who drafted patterns, kind of like indirectly on social media. And so I lay down in my bed and I like texted her lying down. And I was like, if I wanted to make sewing patterns that like I was in the middle of, so like a size 16, 18 was like the middle. And I wanted to make them that they fit an H cup. Like, is that even possible? And she literally, she's plus size as well. She wrote back like 30 seconds later and went, absolutely, let's have a meeting tomorrow. And that was the beginning of Cash Morette, basically, when I realized, you know what, like I, it's like you can run a restaurant without being the chef. It's like the analogy I use, right? Like you can run a sewing pattern company without drafting. Um, yeah. And that is basically where we got to where we are today. That was a long answer. <laughs> yeah. Very verbose. Sorry. <laughs> it was a good answer. Um, but I, but I'm still wondering how would you describe Cash Moret as a company, as a pattern company? Like, how would you describe your. I like it. The I didn't answer the question. Let's get back to it. The only company you need. It's not true. There are lots of companies that are really great and do lots of really neat things, but, and I'm sure Jenny has a better answer, but for me, it's, it's, there's a lot of workwear appropriate clothing for bodies that have extreme, extreme measurements, curved differences, extreme differences. That's what I think of as the curves. And it's, it's the first one I found, but it is one of my go-tos for things I can wear to work. The, the dress that I wore today, I'm test running because I'm going to wear it next week when the president of the, the multinational corporation comes to visit our office. I'm going to wear this. And if I get it done in time, my new blazer. And if I don't, I don't know, some sort of I bought. Um, but, but it's, but it's, it, to me, it's always felt like it, it covers that portion of it in a way that nobody else does. I'm sure there's a better answer though. Yeah, I mean, basically we say that we are like a body positive sewing brand that helps curvy sewists feel confident in what they're wearing because ultimately, you know, anyone can make clothes and whatever. And you could say like, well, okay, like they fit better. But what I found is that like, it literally changed my life. Like even before I set Cashmere up, when I learned to sew clothes that fit me, it literally changed my life. And I know many other people that that's now happened to as well through Cashmere. Because although I think, you know, one can think of fashion as a bit like shallow or who, you know, who cares? Like your outer appearance affects you massively, right? Like it affects how people interact with you. It affects how you feel about yourself and good or bad. We, you know, you could argue like we shouldn't care about our appearances. Oh, great. Someone's leaf blowing outside my window. So <laughs> flavor to the, okay? oh, yeah. okay? anyway, so, um, yeah, like it doesn't feel good to wear clothes that don't fit. First of all, right. Like it doesn't make you feel secure. If you think your boobs going to pop out of something any second, unless that's your thing, if that's your thing, great, but it's not my thing. Um, or like clothes cutting in or feeling, you know, every time you sit down, like they're scooching up your bum, like it makes you feel bad. Whereas when you feel clothes, when you wear clothes that like you can move in and they cover you, but also by the way, not the opposite, not like hugely tenty, unless that's what you want. Again, if you like tenty things, great. But for a lot of us, it's like, well, that was the only option. 
Like the only option, if you didn't want to expose yourself, was to be tenty. Or if you have big boobs, I have to say, like in an office environment, it's it's a fine line, right? Like what you wear and what is seen if as I, professional. But look, I can lean forward and nobody scream. Exactly. Like I've actually, it was funny when we came out with our wrap dress because there were quite a few people who were like, well, I never wear wrap dresses because, you know, they're like overtly, overly sexy and you can't do it. And I was like, maybe, you know, absolutely maybe, maybe that was how you'll always feel, but give the apples a try and see what you think. And what people then realize is it's so secure, like it never gapes the way that we've designed it. Yep. Like it, it kind of can't gape almost like you'd have to like physically pull it open to it to gape. And we have people who are like, you know, elementary school teachers saying, I never thought I could wear a wrap dress to be on my hands and knees with small kids, but I can because that's the thing, it actually fits, right? And for a lot of people, if you've literally never had clothes that fit you, which I hadn't until I started sewing and making pants for myself, um, you don't realize how much is kind of affecting your confidence. So that's the thing, you know, that's the thing I most like. And we get emails all the time from people of all ages, actually. Like that always is very touching when, especially we have people who are like in their sixties and seventies and eighties sometimes saying that for literally the first time in their life, they have clothes that fit them and make them feel good. And then explaining to us like what consequence that has had on their lives. Um, mm-hmm. makes it all worthwhile. <laughs> I I agree. And I know that I've shared with you before, Jenny, that that's my experience of Kashmirat. Um, When I returned to sewing, first off, it it showed me there was an option that wasn't me drafting everything, which I don't want to do. I have no interest in it at all. And I didn't know that there were independent pattern companies. But beyond that, I had um, significant self-esteem issues um, through most of my life, not all of it, but most of it. And when I returned to sewing, which I did via your patterns primarily, I found a place where I felt good and confident in what I wore. And I went from literally crying in a shower, chanting, I hate my body, like literally doing this terrible, terrible things to something where I'm like, you know what? I am a fucking miracle of amazingness. And look at how awesome my clothing fit me and present me to the world. And it's a combination of those patterns being available, but it's also, I don't know, six or nine months ago, I read a posting you did, I want to say in one of the Kashmirat groups on Facebook, where somebody made a comment about, about somebody needing a girdle or a bra to make something they'd made fit them correctly. And your response was that if something doesn't fit you right, it's a problem with the pattern. It's not a problem with your body. And that was a new way for me to see and experience that idea. And that also really crystallized for me. Yeah, it's not my damn body. My body just exists. The problem is that, that what I've made or what's been designed for it doesn't acknowledge that my body gets to exist as it is. It's actually amazing how that simple idea that I repeat a lot, which is that you can change your clothes to fit your body and not your body's fit your clothes. Mm-hmm. It actually applies to like lots of things in life as well. It's quite interesting on, on the level of like self-acceptance. I'll give you a sort of funny analogy. So I worked for a while for Gillette on razors and they did research on, um, so this is very like gender stereotypical here. Okay. But they did, uh, they did research on like men using razors and women. And they were researching people cutting themselves accidentally, right? So what happens when men cut themselves accidentally and women cut themselves accidentally? And what they found is that the men blamed the razor, right? So they would say like, well, yeah, I mean, I did this and I shaved it. So like, there's something up with the blade. So I don't know, guys, you have to work on this. Like a hundred percent of all the men said, it's the problem with the razor. And then when the women shaved themselves, they said, I'm really sorry. Like I did something right. Like, I don't know, like I must've done it at the wrong angle. Like I'm really sorry. And they were like, the men blamed the tool and the women blame themselves. Now I don't think, you know, I'm sure there are men who feel like that too, but I thought there was something very profound in that, right? Like we tend to think there's something wrong with us if an external good, I mean, that's hilarious, right? It's like a razor, it's an inanimate object, but we tend to think that it's like, we must have done something wrong. We need to change. Um, and there's so many messages, right, in society that continually tell us. I was actually thinking about this the other day when you think about like discrimination, right? Because you think about the message now, like I was born this way, right? So you, that, that's part of it, which I have my own qualms with, but, you know, I was born this way. So like, you, you know, um, like it's absurd to, um, you know, be racist. Like 
what you know what does that doesn't make any sense right that person is who they are there's nothing wrong with them we are equal that doesn't make any sense but i suddenly realized you know that's the difference with fat phobic stuff is the belief is but you could change it yeah. whereas with a lot of the other kinds of discrimination right someone can't choose not to be old someone can't choose not to be asian someone can't choose not to be gay right but i think the people think but you could choose not to be fat so therefore it's kind of on you like we've 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 provided this We've provided this set of things and you're choosing not to participate in that. And I had never really, it literally just occurred to me the other day. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's why it's so much more difficult. And you end up having to like defend it a lot when, you know, I hardly need to tell you guys, but like, you know, 95% of diets do not work and dieting Mm -hmm. tends to make your body bigger. Like it's actually not a solution on that front. Um, But yes, I think, I think the whole topic is very interesting actually. I think so too. One of the things that I've always really admired about you is that, um, so the mission of our podcast is to widen the circle and have more people be able to feel part of the sewing community. You've really, really done that. I see that you have really widened the circle. And actually, one of the reasons I asked you how you define cashmerette is because this year, before this year, I would have described cashmerette as a plus-sized pattern company, but you've added some other sizing and opened the circle wider because there are people who maybe are straight size, but are still very curvy. I guess mostly it's a, a boob issue, right? For for people who are smaller sized and getting patterns. So what um, drove your decision to do that? And how has that experience gone for you? Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing I'd say is, you know, there are infinite body shapes at like all sizes, right? So like there's tons and tons of pear shaped smaller people, for instance, who would love it if like pear shaped brands were more proactively working on that. Um, but basically for us, yeah, so we had been, we were size 12 to 28 when it first launched. Then we went to 12 to 32. And we'd been at that point for like a while. And we were kind of looking at, you know, what next for the company. Um, you know, I don't think it's a secret that like plus size remains like, you know, it's not the majority of the sewing market. It might be the majority of people. It is the majority of people, but it's not the majority of the market. Um, there's all kinds of things as well. It's quite funny, actually. Like, just look at like, which patterns the like fabric companies promote and stuff like that. Like it's a little, we tend to keep a little bit to the side. And so we were looking at it and we were also, I'm very, very into looking at customer feedback. That's my kind of, I used to work for a company that had the um, sort of motto, like the customer is boss, as in like, you just have to focus on them. And if you focus on them, everything will be good. And that's how the whole cashmere has always been. It's like, who are the people I'm trying to serve and how are they feeling about stuff? And let's do that stuff. So we had emails from the very beginning from people, especially on the cusp of our sizing, right? Like size 10, size eight, especially saying it's not just people in bigger bodies who are struggling to get a good fit Um, because historically, and it's changed a little bit, but not that much. Historically, straight size patterns were drafted for a B cup. Now, obviously there are lots of people who are B cup, but I will say the average bra size is a D or a double D. So we got lots of people saying, you know, I'm a size two and I have to do an FBA every single time. Like I'd really love it if you expanded. And it was an interesting one. And I gave it a great deal of thought. This was not something I went into quickly because obviously we were very much known for being plus size and we still are known for that, like realistically. Um, And what I realized is there would be a huge shift in the market from when I launched. So when I launched in 2015, Cashmerette was the only pattern brand that fit me. Like it was the only one. There were occasionally like, you know, one or two McCall's patterns over here. But even then they didn't actually fit me as in they didn't fit my bust. Like nobody fit my bust. There was not a sewing pattern that fit my bust. And there were very few plus size sewing patterns. Fast forward to 2021. There are tons. We have like over a hundred in um, the list we have on our website. And if you go to the Kirby pattern database, I believe they may be in the hundreds now. <laughs> now, is that perfect? No. Do all the pattern companies have all the sizes? No. Is there lots more work to do? Absolutely. But my goodness, what a difference. Like if I'd learned to sew in 2021, I would have had hundreds of options, right? Like, and when I started, I I had almost none. So what I realized is, you know, that's fantastic. And I have done whatever I can to support that. I've worked a lot with a lot of these brands behind the scenes, actually in a non-public way to kind of help them do that and give them advice and consult and so on. 
And I was like, you know what? I think now is an appropriate time to expand and include these people who are smaller, who do not face the same discrimination. They do not face the same problems getting clothes in stores to the same extent. They do to some extent, right? Try and get a sheath dress if you have an H cup boobs and you're a size two, like you're not going to manage. So it's like they don't face the same challenges. However, they face many of them. <laughs> and having to adjust every single pattern, you know, doing full bust adjustments. I mean, I can do one in my sleep now, but like, it's kind of boring. It takes time. It's a bit hard. Sometimes it causes other problems. If you're trying to do like a B to an H cup, like you're going to have some real challenges. And so it's like, okay, yeah, those people don't want to have to do that anymore. So we will come and meet their needs too. So that's kind of how eventually I got there. It was not an easy decision and it was not a fast decision. But what I would say is, and I think this is very evident and I hope it is, that plus size people are like the core of what we do. So I think what's very different is, if you're a straight size brand and you add on plus size, what you tend to see is like, okay, well, for every like, I don't know, four straight size models, you see a plus size model. That is not us. Like you mostly see people in bigger bodies on cashmere advertising. We start with the plus size pattern and then we work on the straight size pattern. So it's not the other way around. It's not like you're an afterthought. It's like, sorry, straight size people, you're kind of the afterthought for us. We do it well, but you're the afterthought for us. Like you won't find like, oh, there's only darts in the bigger one. Like, absolutely not. And yeah, we, we remain centered. And I honestly think, I mean, there were some people when we announced it who were very upset and I understood that. Like I really did. Like I wasn't, I wasn't going to tell them that they were wrong or whatever, because um, I know that we sort of stood for something, right? We were like symbolic of something and that we were expanding beyond that. So we were no longer like an exclusive club. And I, I, I really understood that. And there were some people who were worried and they were like, are you going to stop doing plus size or whatever? And that's where I said at the time, and I continue to say like, bear with us basically and see, because I can tell you like, trust me, of course we will always be, but you can, you know, I understand if you don't believe me, like, why would you believe me? You don't know me, you don't want my pants are. But that really is the case, right? Like we are continuing to primarily focus on plus size people. We will always continue to do that. And aside from anything else, it's like, why would I exclude my own self from my brand, guys? Like, like that's what I would often think. Like, it would be really weird, wouldn't it, if I stopped making patterns that fit my own body? Um, also, the vast majority of our sales remain plus size, right? Like, by far right. the biggest chunk is plus size. Were anything to ever drop, it would be the straight size, right? Like if we had to make some sudden decision, it would not be the big sizes that would go, believe me. So yes. What I found in that is where we are. <laughs> when you when you did the announcement for it, I know um I don't I didn't think I was vocally critical on on any social media um because I just want you to be as successful as you can be, whatever that looks like. Um, but I was surprised that I felt, I don't know if hurts the right word, but somehow it felt, it felt like it hurt that, <laughs> that other people would now have access to this great resource of patterns that, that I loved. And it, it was a lot of the conversation that you posted in the communities to ask, what do you want this to look like going forward? We're going to do this, but since we're going to, do you want different newsletters? Do you want different groups? How do you want to how do you want to see this presented in social media as we move forward and so on that, that really helped me to, to reach a place where I was like, okay, so I get it. So this is, this is not taking anything away from me, even though it weirdly feels like it is, it is, it is in fact just offering other people um, the, the real resource that I've had here. And I have, my younger daughter is uh, petite and uh, chesty. And so it's something where, she benefits from full bust adjustments and would be able to benefit from patterns that did that. So I, anyway, it was, but it was a weird thing how it mm -hmm. felt, how it felt like it yeah. was a, it was a hurt and a taking, even though in no way was it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was surprised because I don't know that I've ever felt that about a company. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not yeah. that connected, but I, but I felt, connected. And so I thought you handled it really well. And I've, um, now that we're a good distance out from it, it feels to me like the concerns that many plus sized or fat sewists expressed have not in any way come to yeah. fruition that I've been able to identify. And so it's, it's been really neat 
yeah. need to see. I think, that. I think you know, I, I anticipated it, actually. You may not have anticipated that you'd have that response, but I realized um, in advance that some people would. And we had a lot of discussions about, like, how should we position it? And I was, I think, you know, maybe I overshared, but, like, I shared a lot on social media, on, like, Instagram stories and stuff about why. And, like, when people had concerns, I addressed them directly. So it wasn't just, like, this is what we're yeah. doing. Like, cope with it, guys. And ultimately, you know, it's... Um, it's going to sound really weird. Like I'm obviously never happy that anyone's upset, obviously not. But at the same time, I sort of, sort of reminded myself because, you know, it's a hard thing to go through, right. When you announce something and then you know that a certain percent of people are going to be like angry and they they tend to be very angry at me specifically, right. Like at Jenny Rush. Or it's not mm-hmm. cash right. um, but people only felt really upset because they felt so connected and because we had done, we'd played such a major part in their lives. So I just kept on reminding myself of that, you know, it's like, this is in, in a weird way, it's like a really nice reflection of how passionately people feel. And like you said, you didn't feel that about a brand. It's like, and I think that's because it's sort of, it's a community, right? And like, we've stood for something. And I think there are more people doing what I do now, but I think for a while, I was one of the few people kind of stepping in to like, you know, there'd be social media storms and whatever, and sort of being like, kind of explaining why representation was so important, why absolutely you don't have to expand your size range but let me explain a little bit of like how it's making people feel so I think you know like I had played that role and you know there there will be some people probably who will not buy us again for that reason but I will say (laughs) a customer pointed this out and I was like oh yeah you are so right all of these straight size brands are going into plus size right and going into these wider things and they're benefiting like economically right from like going to a wider audience Mm -hmm. and this woman was like why are we saying that Jenny has to stay small? Like, why is Jenny not allowed to like continue growing Cashmere and like, you know, making it into a more like sustainable company? She has to stay in the corner, but everyone else is allowed to expand. Like when straight size brands expand, they get lots of applause, right? No one is like, how dare, you know, like, how dare you? And I understand that, like, it's a different dynamic, right? But they're all now allowed, in inverted commas, to like serve the whole market. And this woman was like, why is Jenny not allowed to do that? She's done all of this. And then you're saying, but you have to stay in your corner. You know, like, <laughs> you're just over there. Like, you, you're not allowed to do that. And I was like, it's a very good point, right? And, um, you know, like, Cashmere in many ways does well. But like, you know, I am far from rich from Cashmere, believe me. <laughs> so um, for us, it's been like a really important thing. I thought that was kind of an interesting point. I, it's not so, what I made publicly, but I agreed with it when the customer made it. So one of the things I found most stunning this year is that, of course, you've just released this book that will be out in two days, I guess, in the U.S. Tomorrow, I think, isn't it? Oh, tomorrow? Am I yeah, way yeah. off? On- November 9th. Right. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, you're right. It is not the 7th anymore. Um, so on November 9th gets released in the U.S. And there are so many patterns in there. There are so many patterns in there. How did we get so lucky to get so many <laughs> all at once? I um, know. Yeah. So, so my new oh my book, goodness. Ahead of the Curve, available at cashmeret.com forward slash ahead of the curve. That's right. Um, is, uh, yeah. So it's basically, a, it's a fitting book. At its core, it is a book about fitting. Um, it is not like meant sort of the intention is not that it's a pattern book. It's a book about fitting because that, you know, when I was talking earlier about confidence and so on, I really feel that like ultimately like fit is the really big thing, right? That's the difference between feeling confident in your clothes and not. And I knew I wanted to do one that was like super, like depending on what phrase you want to use, but like fat positive, body positive, body neutral, whatever, no shaming, no, like if you have, figure flaws like because to be honest I don't think I've ever found a fitting book that didn't have at least one of kind of little thing in there or like you know that famous picture where a woman's looking in the mirror with a bag over her head like there's just so much (laughs) shame you know so much shame Uh in these books and I wanted to do one that was like super super like neutral and matter of fact which is very how I am right that's how all my stuff is um And when I was discussing it, like I actually didn't intend to write a book. Um, The publisher approached me and persuaded me and I would kept on saying no. And eventually I was like, okay, fine. Right. I'll write a book. Um, And I was trying to think, how would it be different? Right. Because there are some great fit books out there. So I knew that one way it would be different is the body neutral, body positive aspect. That was a big one. But I was like, okay, but beyond that, like, you know, these books exist already. And if you wanted, you could just buy one of these. And so I gave it a lot of thought. 
And a few things basically ended up sort of coming out. So the first one was this tone aspect. The second one is that I wanted to show before and after photos of everything, because most of the pattern fitting books, not all of them, but most of them tend to show like diagrams. And it's very hard. Like you're looking at a pair of trousers and you're like, I mean, that doesn't look like that. Right. Like that doesn't look and they like, that show like those lines and I never get those same lines, no. that, you know, like they just show exact exactly. lines and exactly. Yeah. And I also wanted to show them on like bigger bodies. I don't say fat here because not all of our models like would um, identify as that, but like on, you know, much more representative body types. So that was the second thing. We've had lots of great feedback about that. And then the third thing was like, again, if you're a beginner and you're fitting and you look at these like theoretical illustrations it can be really confusing because you're like but my piece doesn't look like that like my dart doesn't look like that or like you know and obviously at some point the whole idea with fitting is that you learn the principles and then you can apply the principles but it's difficult to begin with so then I sort of had this brainwave and I was like well what about if there were patterns too and what about if the photos and the fitting adjustments were those patterns because I think like if you could learn through one you know, and you could be like, okay, I'm making the honey bond dress, but I need to do a full bust adjustment and a full bicep adjustment. If you can go through the process of that, as simple as it could possibly be, because you're looking at a picture of that actual pattern piece as you're doing it. And then you're looking at photos of before and after. So you can really see like on precisely the same kind of garment, what would it look like? I thought, I think that would be much easier for people. So, um, I mean, I made a total rod from my back with this one, right? Because instead of just writing a book, I also had to develop five patterns, which is more patterns than we usually launch in a year. And also um, we're a very small team. It was during COVID. I'm a single parent to a toddler. So literally I wrote this book in like three hours a day, which I could work during COVID um, or during the peak bit, right? Obviously it's still on, but the peak bit when you couldn't leave your house. Um, and my the rest of my team ran the business and I wrote the book. So I actually did it all by myself. Usually I don't, but um, believe it or not, because I couldn't meet the models in person, every single one of those before and after pictures, I had to get their measurements. Then I would make what I thought, the way I did it is I did it backwards, right? So I'd make what I thought was a great fitting pattern for them. Then we would do a Zoom fitting, which is a nightmare, so hard to do a Zoom fitting. And I'd be like, staring I'd be like can you just angle can I just see your armpit a bit there like all the crotch ones were interesting for the pants right can you just like walk really close to the camera so I can see your crotch <laughs> really clearly um and so and I would get them to pin things and like they're all sewists so that helped a lot but nonetheless I mean the number of rounds we had to go through like to fit like a fitted garment having never seen the person so I had to do that with all five of them. And then I retrofitted them, right? So in some cases that was going, it was easy because like the first thing they tried on had had that issue, but for some of them it hadn't, right? So I literally, you can do the opposite of everything, right? You can do like a gaping armhole adjustment where you make it gaping rather than it escaping. So yeah, that was a huge amount of work. But so far, you know, the response has been really great and lovely. And I look forward to, you know, seeing everything pop up. There have already been some lovely, um, we launched in the UK a couple of weeks ago because it's a UK-based company, um, the publisher. And uh, yeah, already seen some really nice ones in the world. Yeah, for, for me, of course, the, the sheer number of patterns is amazing because I do know you, you release far more limited than that. Um, the designs all felt fresh and, and different than anything you'd done, which um, I think is also challenging given the variety that you have already produced. Um, and, and for me, I'm, I don't make a lot of fit adjustments for most things. Cause I like a fitted garment through my waist. And typically if I'm using a plus size designer, there's a good chance that they've got a D cup, which is about what I am. And if they hit my waist size, probably I'm okay. Um, the, the one that I had to do, on the Honeyborn is that full bicep adjustment, which I'd never done before. And it took me two, well, one unwearable twall, but the unwearability was the fabric, not the pattern. Mm -hmm. And then a wearable twall because I did not, I did not full bicep adjust enough because you're looking at the image and I'm trying, I'm mimicking it. I think I did it right. But I'm like, I have so many inches to do here. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I don't know how to do that. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to do it less and assume it's going to work because that sounds logical, right? If I don't put enough extra fabric in there, it'll probably fit fine. Um, I was wrong. That's not how that works. It turns out actually the measurements have meaning. And so I had to go back and do it again, which I've done on the one I'm wearing now. And it, it worked beautifully and I'm so happy with it, but it was really intimidating. And I've sewn a lot for a lot mm -hmm. of years <laughs> and, and I still found it intimidating. I agree that your method of presenting it is really good. Um, I have not read the entire book yet. The, the thing I have the most fit problem with is fitted garments from my waist down. Because I, in six inches, I go from 48 inch waist to a 62 inch hip, which is like a, you know, 45 degree angle out, yeah. <laughs> which is how bodies look. That's, I mean, that's not yeah. how my hip, but, but, but I'm excited to, to dig in some more. I figure the pants are probably my best, my best opportunity for that adjustment and uh, to dig in, even though pants are, are not so much me, yeah. but these are darn cute. <laughs> Very so, um, I think, it, it, so you correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was you that said at one point that um, if you're struggling with your measurements, try metric if you're used to imperial. Mm -hmm. Is you, are you the one that said that? Yeah. Okay. It's interesting because I don't have um, emotional issues with the numbers of my measurements, but I am used to them right? So I am used to a certain number here. So if it's a little bit different, I just pinch it till it gets to the where I'm used to, right? So I, um, that doesn't help in fitting. So, or I loosen it to where I'm like, no, it really should be this. And so I've tried the, the thing where, because I'm used to imperial numbers. And so I've tried metric. And then I look on the other side of the tape. I'm like, oh, that's actually a little bit different than what I thought. And I do it just, just as I, you know, think I should, but I have no idea what centimeters. Yeah. The ridiculous thing is I'm a scientist and I work in metric all day, but I still don't know what centimeters mean yeah. when it comes to my waist, you know? So I think that's a really uh, helpful tip, even if it's not an emotional issue for you, just to get the idea of doing this as geometry and not as anything except yeah. for geometry. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's funny. When we first set up the Kirby Sewing Collective, um, my friend Rosie May, who isn't so involved in the sewing world now, but she's total boss. She's amazing. Um, she wrote an article for the Kirby Sewing Collective. And in it, she, she made a comment, and it, it stuck with me for so long, about how she had this profound moment the first time she saw a sewing pattern. Because when you go into a shop and you see a rack of clothes and they're in different sizes, you just kind of think, well, this one is massively bigger than that one, right? Or like going from like an 18 to a 20, like you've gotten hugely bigger. And then she looked at the seam, she looked at like the edge of a pattern piece and like the gradations of all the sizes. And she was like, what? Like I have been judging myself on what are effectively really minimal differences. Now, obviously you have to multiply that by the seam allowances, but still her point was like, in my brain, I'm imagining like I'm like six feet bigger than all these people at my hips. And then no, it's, it's just this little bit. And I just thought that was, it was so interesting. The thing that I always try and remember is that many people and maybe everyone are on a journey, right? In terms of like your self-acceptance, in terms of how sewing makes you feel and so on. Now, myself, I'm over here on the scale. And I think Jenny, in many ways, you know, you've got there too. Where like, for instance, like I use the word fat neutrally to describe myself. Um, I used it to a new person the other day and I saw a look of shock on their face and I forget. You know, that some to some people that's going to be really arresting and unpleasant and horrible. Um, but to me, it's very neutral now. Um, I used to think people couldn't tell I was fat if I just didn't mention it. Like I really thought I was hiding, you know, like somehow people, no one would know. I think that's quite a common thing. And now I'm just like, no, this is the size my body is. Um, I will happily like measure my bust and be like, look, guys, it's 48 inches. Like it would never cross my mind now. Like 48 inch bust doesn't equate in my heart to anything right? It's just a number. But I did not start there. That is not where I felt. And like, for me, I think it's different for everyone. For me, it was waist size. Like I had in my head very clearly what an acceptable waist size is and what unacceptable waist size is. And it took me a long time to get there. And, you know, the analogy I use is it's like knowing how much flour to put in a cake. Like if you want, you can put too little or too much, but like, you're not going to end up with a good cake. And it's like, if I want a dress to fit me, sure, I can be like, no, I, I wish my waist was this, but it won't fit you, you know? And like, this isn't the be all and end all, but 
you're actually going to look bigger. Now, there's nothing wrong with looking bigger, right? I'm very neutral on that. But if that's your concern, if that's what your anxiety is coming from, like, I don't want to look bigger than I am, then make clothes in your actual size. Because I guarantee you right now that if you use your actual measurements and it fits you, things are going to like skim over your body and they're going to look good and they're not going to pull in. Um, so actually it's like in everyone's best interest, but because I, because I know that like not everyone has reached the end of that. That's why in the measurements chapter in the book, I did approach it, you know, there's like a little bit of therapy in there, right? Like, it's not just straightforward. Like, this is how you do it. I actually acknowledge like for a lot of people, especially for instance, if you've stopped weighing yourself, it can actually be quite triggering to then have to measure yourself. Like the average person who doesn't, sew doesn't measure themselves, right? That's not like a common thing people do. And, it, and if you have in your head that, you know, whatever, like you've got to have a 30 inch waist and then you measure your waist and it's like 43 inches, you know, it, it can be kind of upsetting. So I kind of talk through how that works in the book. And I hope that also by sort of just like demonstrating how casual I am about it, that it can kind of empower other people. Um, one thing I certainly had when I first started, there was a big movement a couple of years ago. I remember you were doing it too, Jenny. It's like disclose your pattern, your, your measurements, which people mm-hmm. haven't been doing previously. And I also got so many people commenting to me. I thought I was like horrible or whatever. And then I saw I have exactly the same measurements as you or like they're more or less around you. But yeah. I think you look really nice. And that's like an arresting, like what? And I had a bit of that too, when I first started getting into this stuff, like, again, I always thought I was the biggest person in the room, which I, it feels embarrassing to say now because I'm obviously not right. Obviously I am not, I am like a relatively small plus size person, but I thought, I thought I was, I felt, I really truly felt that I was. And then I started seeing people of all sizes looking fabulous and they would share their measurements. And I would be like, I got to get that out of my head. I can't be like, I can't wear that dress because I'm this size. Like that person is this size and they look absolutely fabulous. And I think that is also like such a valuable thing to do. If you're still trying to like accept yourself and kind of accept that you can look fabulous because you really can, like there is literally no size limit to like wearing fabulous outfits and looking great. Like, I mean, truly there is no size limit at all. I think it really, really helps that kind of stuff. I think when I started putting my measurements on everything, it was at least in part because I didn't see that done enough mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure how big I was relative to anyone else. <laughs> and I honestly still have a bit of that body dysmorphia. When I look at my photos on Instagram, I'm I'm always confused. I, I look at quite a lot of them and I think, what setting on the camera is doing that? Because... <laughs> because I am certain that is not how I look. Whatever is happening there, and some days it'll be, I am definitely much larger than that photo, and other days it's like, where did my ass go? I'm so confused. And so I, I experience it both ways, but I get a lot of messaging from people who who effectively say, but I'm so fat and I'm your size, so I'm confused. How, how does that look so good on you when I know that I am much larger with the same measurements and it would not look that way on me. So it's, it is interesting. I think it does do a service. I think it's helpful to people to have that opportunity to see it and being dispassionate about it is useful. I update my measurements about every quarter. And I did learn um, like what Beverly was mentioning about, you know, sort of pulling that measurement to what, you know, it's supposed to be (laughs) that for me, apparently 60 inches is the number. I don't want my hips to be bigger than that. Once it exceeds that number, Mm -hmm. I'm inclined to pull it to make it fit. And they're, they're 62 inch hips. I mean, they just are. (laughs) And no pulling is going to change that for me. But I learned that about myself at that, at that moment during one of my regular quarterly measures. And it's about time for another one. So I'm excited to see what happened this quarter. I mean, (laughs) I, I, I literally measure myself like multiple times a week because every time I try on a sample, we, we all measure ourselves first before we try samples on because it varies so much, you know, and it doesn't feel like an event. Like, there's no like, oh, I wonder what it's going to be. Like, you know, the equivalent is like, I, I pretty much never weigh myself. Like, I very rarely am weighed. That feels a bit more like, hmm, because I don't really know, right? Like, I, I don't really yeah. have a very good sense of like, has my weight changed? But with measurements, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like constant, like, oh, like my waist got up two inches this week. Um, and I think and it's, I, I, it's helpful, you know, it's useful. 
Yeah. For me, it's, it's one of those where you can tell by the garments you wear, cause I wear a lot of fitted bodices. Yeah. I, I can tell whether something's changed and whether there's a need for an emergency measurement <laughs> to get me yeah. through the next little bit. But of course, the other thing I find, at least with um, larger, uh, with a larger chest is that my bra makes a big difference. I mean, it's literally, there are times where I put oh, on a bra where I cut out a particular dress because I'm like, definitely wearing this bra with this dress. So I might as well <laughs> make sure my chest measurement is appropriate to that, that undergarment. Yeah, I am, um, <laughs> you know, you know I, I talk about this in the book, but like at a certain boob size, I mean, maybe... Oh, well, this is my theory. Your boobs become sort of like, you know, between a solid and a liquid, you know, <laughs> like they can kind of like fill a container. I feel like if I got a square container, I could sort of pour my boob into it and then I'd have square <laughs> boobs. Um, they are not like these like rigid. I mean, maybe some people's are, I don't know, but mine certainly are not. Um, and so what that means is what bra you wear is fundamental because mm-hmm. the difference between not wearing a bra and wearing a bra is very dramatically different in me. And then oh the different God. types of bra are dramatically <laughs> different. So if you're wearing a fitted bodice that's got darts in it, yeah, like it, it can be a super big difference. Now, the, bit, the key thing on here is that doesn't mean that you have to wear a bra. You don't have to wear a bra. If you're someone who doesn't like to wear bras, great. That's not a problem. We just need to adjust the bodice to fit how it's going to fit you not wearing a bra. Like, our patterns assume you wear a bra, but you can easily change them if you want. So it's not about having to, but it's just about acknowledging in the same way also that our waists get bigger when we sit down and hips, like depending on how you're proportioned and where like the fat is on your body, we spread when we sit down, like, and plus size people do spread a lot on the straight size. I have discovered now that I do straight size patterns as well. Um, And it's like, okay, well, that's a reality. And what are the consequences of that? Well, the consequences are if you make something very fitted and it doesn't stretch, you need it to fit you when you sit down, unless you plan on never sitting down, which is weird. Um, And that was the kind of thing that I just never saw. Like I, it was in no book that I had read. I never saw discussions of city measurements because I think the vast majority of people who were writing these books didn't have these challenges, right? Like if you are very lean, then no, you don't, you don't get out much bigger when you sit down, but my waist gets like three inches bigger. So I cannot make a shirt dress, like a true shirt dress with my standing measurements or every single time I sit down, it would be gaping. So I think that's the kind of thing that in my book, especially is normalized, right? It's like, I'm not like, if this, it's like, no, this is the thing you need to do. The worksheet has standing and sitting. And then I explain when you would want to use like the relative information. But I think that's been, um, it's been missing for a long time. Or it would be, if it even was presented, it would be presented as a like, if you are one of these unfortunate souls who have this problem. <laughs> and it's like, no, like guys, like we kind of all do it. And like straight size people, if it doesn't affect you, great, ignore that bit, move on. But like for the rest of us. <laughs> Yeah, that's one that Beverly and I sort of talked about um, when I, I don't remember what designer, I don't remember anything else about it, except that it was a um, jumpsuit pattern. And when she was commenting on this newly released pattern, she said, and it's got lots of ease in the bottom. And I said, oh, no, I, I don't think so. Because when I look at my size, if it's only got five inches or eight inches of ease, that's, that's your body. When you say that, I'm still going to sausage. Um, yeah. <laughs> And it's a choice, but it but it looks really different if your proportions are different or how much you carry on your your bottom and your thighs and things yeah. like that. So it was interesting, but Beverly is very much um, in, in the straight sized area for most patterns. And it I'm very pear shaped as well. So I've got like a lot of extra baggage I'm carrying there. Um, and it, it made a difference. One thing that um, that I really like about popular fitting books is that one thing that I've struggled with is that when when I first started sewing, I would notice that my waist size was um, like it would put me in a different size than my hip size. Right. Mm -hmm. And I and it was I'm at least two sizes larger in my waist than my hips. I'm pretty square shaped. And it was enough that I thought this can't be right. Like, like it can't be that, that I have to go like out and in and like, this can't be right. And so the longer that I've been sewing, the more I realized, well, yeah, it is. That's just how it is. And when you have fitting books that just sort of adjust, like, okay, if this doesn't fit, this is how you do this. And you know, whatever, if you have like, I don't know what they call the flat ass adjustment, but you know, sometimes I need that. And like, you know, 
things like that are just sort of, <laughs> sort of I need it too. <laughs> normalized with that, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, broadly speaking, that I see people fall typically into like two, ba- two batches, either. So I majority of people need to grade between sizes, right? So that's one thing I always emphasize. We get a lot of people like criticizing their bodies going, I have a weird body because this is it. It's like, no, guys, most people grade between sizes. Um, and typically either people need a bigger waist or a bigger bum. Like that, those are the two things that typically come up. Like it's, it's one or the other. People say the hip measurement's not big enough or the waist measurement's not big enough um, relative to the bust. The good news is, you know, as you just said, like grading between sizes is actually, I always recommend it as the very first fit adjustment anyone learns to make because it has such a radical impact. And I don't know about you, but it's like ruined ready to wear shopping for me. Because like, if I see a thing, I'm like, well, I'd like this in a 20 bust, uh, 18 waist and 14 hip, please. (laughs) Oh no, you can't get that. Because I'm like shaped like a carrot. Like if you see my jeans off the hanger, they look silly. Like they look like, a strange shape because I go in like three sizes almost from my waist to my hip, which is also why I am not the block for the patterns because I'm a strange shape. But, um, but yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, it's actually, I, I will be honest with you. If I were starting cash for it today, I would change the size chart. Um, like the way that everything's proportioned. But when I started, you know, like I was brand new, like I was sort of looking at what had been done and what was more typical. Um, and now, like, were we to change it? I cannot even explain how much work that would be. Like, it's overwhelming. Like, it wouldn't, we'd have to, like, stop the company for a year. Um, but the good, you know, the good thing is, is that you can you can make alterations and grading between sizes. There is some nuance. Um, I'm actually working on some content right now that will come out next year on, just to give you an example, so Dibs, who is one of the models in the book, in the pants. So she has like this amazing bottom, right? It's just like, oh, like national treasure of a bottom. Um, nice, big, not like my bum, very flat. <laughs> and so if you just take her measurements, waist and hip, it would tell you. Now I'm going to get the numbers wrong here. So just bear with me. Sorry, Dibs, if you hear this and I'm getting the numbers wrong. But it's something like she's got a 12 waist and a 20 bum, something like that, right? If you were to just measure waist, hip. But it's not true because that would assume that she was sort of like conical, right? And that she's going out all around her body, widthways and front and back, and that she had a tummy and a but she doesn't. She actually, she does go up, up a bit, like everywhere, but it's almost all on the back. So if you were just a grade between sizes, 12 to 20, it would not result in the right thing. What it would result in is side seams being wildly pulled to the back because she doesn't have really have a tummy. She's got like flat tummy, but she's got this big bum and it would be pulled back. So in fact, what I did, and this is a funny thing. I wrote this book. It's 40% longer than what got published. And I had to cut 40% of the content out because I wrote too much. So this is something that didn't end up in the book. I wish it could have, but it was a bit, it was more nuanced and therefore didn't get in there. But basically what I did is I measured separately her front and her back. So I measured her front hip to hip and then her back hip to hip. And then I looked at the pattern and the magnet pattern is actually quite even on the front and back because we tend to assume people have a tummy, right? Like we don't, because 99% of people have a tummy um, or like a tummy that sticks out, let's say everyone has a tummy or your insides before that. Um, and so I looked at like, okay, well, just on the front, if you only consider the front of the pants and the front of her, what size would she be in? And I think it was like a 16, right? So be like, okay, so on the front of her body, she's 12 to a 16. And then on the back, what's the measurement? And then it's like, oh, she would be like, I have no idea, right? 24 or something. Now, this is the point at which some people would be like, oh, so you cut a 16 front and a 24 back and you put them together. No, that does not work, right? Like all of the other like points that are meant to go together, that does not work. You can't put a different front in their back. But what you do is you make a 12 to a 16 all around and then you do a full bum adjustment off the 16. So that's what she's wearing. Those are the wrong numbers. So apologies, but like more or less, she's wearing a 12 to 16 with, I think like a three inch full bum adjustment. And you can see that they fit her exceptionally well. And Dibs actually said that she's literally in her entire life, never, ever had trousers that fit her that well. And before the book came up, like she was begging me, like, please, can you send me the pattern pieces that were adjusted? And I did so that she can like replicate that and kind of use that as a block. But that's the kind of, 
again, like you cannot walk into a shop and say, can I have a 12 to a 16, but you've added three inches on the back, please. Um, and that's the magic of sewing, right? Like dibs gets pants that fit her for the first time in her life. And there's nothing wrong with her body. Her body is like utterly fabulous, but no one was like, you know, and it makes sense, right? Like ready to wear companies cannot have like an infinite number of varieties of things. Like they, they just can't do that. But now dibs can wear pants that like, showcase her bottom in the way that it should be because it's a national treasure. I uh, that's really great <laughs> advice. The, the one thing that I did want to mention while we still have you here is that you also have um, another book, an ebook that is really for pattern designers, correct? That's right. Um, and so actually it's, it's odd. Every once in a while I get pattern designers asking me how they <laughs> should upgrade their sizes which I, I can't even like barely adjust a different waist size. <laughs> so I send them to your book. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So this was kind of a, this was a, you know, when I said that, like I pay really close attention to what customers ask for all the time. And then I try and meet that need. So this kind of came out of the same thing, which is I was repeatedly being asked by patent designers how they could expand their patterns, but not even how actually. A lot of the time it was like, should they? Are there enough people? What do they want? And I will say like, I think a lot of people would agree that like social media culture these days is a bit fraught, right? Like I think in many ways, there are like lots of great things that have happened. Like, you know, the general upsizing of patterns is 100% thanks to like social media storms, right? Absolutely. However, there are also situations, and there have been many, many times, where like it can turn like quite nasty and it can sometimes like blow out beyond proportion to what the original like offense was. And um and it's a really tricky, it's a really tricky thing, especially for small-bodied people to talk about and to handle. So they're often very afraid because they're like, if I don't do it right, I'm going to come in for this like awful, awful thing. Like to the point that literally I know people who've had to go to therapy because it's been so fundamentally like upsetting to them, like things that have happened when they've like spoken in public about this kind of stuff, like really, you know, serious stuff. And they're like, but I, you know, I'm not big and like, will anyone accept it coming from me? And like, is it worth me doing? And like, how am I going to do it? And I don't get in trouble. And so behind the scenes, like I've counseled lots of people and if they are like, you know, close to me or I'm friends with them or whatever, it's like, sure, I will do it. But it was happening more and more and more. And people were also starting to send me like spreadsheets. That really got me a little bit like, fill out this spreadsheet with like every single thing you know and all your contacts. And I'm like, mm, no, thank you very much. And so it was literally actually over the um, holidays last year. I was like, you know what? I should just like take everything out of my brain and write it down and then say, there you go. <laughs> and also like, I, do, I really don't mind like helping people for free. That's fine. But there's a certain limit, right? As in, and what I mean by that is like, I have to also run a business and I'm a single parent of a small child. Like I, I only have so many hours in the day and I can't like give a lot of those hours to helping people for free without hurting, you know, my business and my livelihood. So I was like, okay, well, why don't I just put it all down there? So basically the ebook is, it's kind of like what I would tell you if we chatted for like a couple of days, right? The information you would get out of my brain if I just kept on talking about it. Um, and the clarification, and I, I mentioned this in multiple places, but I want to be really clear. Like it's not a drafting book. So it's not like this is literally how you make a pen. It's not that. It does talk about like considerations. And, and what it is, is it's a reflection of how I work. So I don't draft the patterns, right? But what I have to do is I have to decide on sizing and ease and so on. And then when I get something back from the drafter, I have to assess the fit. And I have to know, like, for instance, it's overwhelmingly common that you have a tilted waist if you're plus size. It's overwhelmingly common that you have a forward shoulder and that you have a sway back. So that's really important information to know if you're trying to make plus size patterns work. Um, like, so there's lots in it about that, about like the way you deal with it. But it isn't like occasionally people are like, I thought this was going to be like how to make a size 32. It's like, no, it's not that. Um, it also covers, you know, there'll be this one always makes me laugh. Like, but what a plus size people want? Like, I'm not sure they'd want my style. And it's like, guys, 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 you don't suddenly like change your attitude to fashion because you eat some more cakes. Like plus size people want everything. Now, look, like cash style is like 
pretty ready to wear and it's like what a lot of people wear on a daily basis so we have things you could wear to work we also have like party dresses and things like that but sure like for instance like cashmere is not super sexy um if you spend five minutes on the curvy sewing collective facebook community page you're gonna see amazing women and men and all kinds of people of all kinds of sizes wearing super sexy stuff like very clearly there is a market for super sexy but also there's a market for people who want to look like a minimalist architect and they don't want any waist definition of anything. And they want to like, just look like super kind of chic and in like an Eileen Fisher way. But also there's people who want to look like 1950s pinups, right? And they want to wear like little bodices and like cinch the waist. And there's people who just want to wear knits and leggings and things that sort of like have like a LuLaRoe kind of aesthetic. The point being that like nothing changes in our brains when we're fatter than less fat. There is a market for everything. So I also kind of, you know, there are various things in the book where I'm basically just trying to kind of like reassure and ultimately encourage, right? Like empower them to feel they can do it. And there's a big section about communication because that is where most of them get in trouble in all honesty. Like, I think broadly speaking, the patterns tend to come out fine. Like occasionally I'm like, I feel like you've made less effort with the plus size samples and models here, but okay, fine, whatever. Like, you know, it's new to you. The communication is where it often falls down and which is really, really critical. And I have a sort of lot of like real talk in there, let's say, where I'm like, look, I know that it's expensive. And I know that you're worried about the return on investment. And I know it's really hard, but here is the thing. Plus size and fat size, fat people have been being told that they are hard forever. And while it may be absolutely true that it is hard, like I, I'm not denying your reality. You do not have to say that. That is not a thing that you want to say. And these are the reasons why, you know? And so it's like, there are ways of talking about it that will make people celebrate you. And here's the irony. Like if you look at the market, there are people who haven't actually done that much, but are really celebrated and seen as positive. And then there are people who've done tons and there's kind of a bad feeling people have about them. And they've done tons. And you can imagine them being like, this is so unfair. Like I spent so much time and energy and money. And then people are being like this to me. And it's like, yeah, it's because of how you communicated it. Um, And I always remind them on the hard bit. This is the funny one. Things are hard when you don't know how to do them. That's such a truism. But here's the, like speaking German to me would be really hard. To a German, it's an easy thing. To me, making plus size patterns is really easy. Like I can look at one just like visually and be like, that's going to fit well. To me, making straight size patterns is hard, right? Like I don't really know how straight size bodies are. I have never had one. Like I don't know that many people. So to me, like making it work in straight size has been really challenging. So it's not that plus size bodies are inherently hard. They're not. Like if you went to fashion school and you only ever learned about plus size, you'd think it was really, really easy. So that's the other thing I try and you know, again, about paradigm shifts, right? Like changing your clothes to fit your body and not your body to fit your clothes. It's like, I've had a lot of sort of like blunt conversations with designers where it's like, just think about what you're saying here. Like, it's not hard. It's just, you don't know how to do it yet. And think about how you're talking about that to people and how that's going to come across. Um, And I don't know, maybe you could see that sort of like manipulative or whatever, but it's like, here's the reality. Like these people have a lived reality, right? Like I'm not going to tell people from a different minority group, like how their life is, right? Like, I don't know. I'm just going to believe them and listen to them and like respect how they want me to communicate to them. And it's like, it's kind of the same thing, right? Like, and you get the pushback sometimes. And I understand this, right? Body dysmorphia has no size, clearly, right? It has no size. And so occasionally you will get a designer who's a size four and has a flat stomach. See, it's so funny, right? You can tell what my thing is, right? I say flat stomach because in my brain, that's the like thing that makes you small. Um, Wearing a bikini and they'll write something about how brave they are to wear this bikini and like how they had to get courage. And that's again, the kind of thing where it's like, you are not wrong. You are absolutely not wrong, right? For you, it is really brave and it was courage and like good for you. Like I'm proud, but... (laughs) You are really, really like missing a broader picture. And if you're trying not to alienate people of different sizes, what you don't appreciate is that no one is going to like throw a cheeseburger at you at the beach and no one is going to shout that you're a pig out the window. Like, I appreciate that you've got cellulite on your thighs and that you don't look like a Victoria's Secret model, but that is a different realm of comparison to someone who's got like an apron tummy or who has like a visible disability, you know, or has like lots of scars. Like 
So again, and it's hard because I understand the emotional, like they might be, but I've struggled my whole life with this. Like I've had an eating disorder. It's like, I know, I know, like you are not invalidated by that, right? Like I totally get where you're coming from. However, if what you're trying to do is expand to people of different sizes, you have to try and like understand that it's not, it's just not just individual, right? It's societal. It's not just about how you feel about yourself. It's about understanding what the societal fat phobic attitudes have kind of what kind of impact they've had on people and that is why involving fat people if you possibly can is so important right because like that's the funny thing I'm always like guys if I had seen that tweet before you sent it I could have told you like instantly I wouldn't have had to like sat down and wonder about it I would have been like oh no don't send that tweet like that's a bad idea so it's like yeah involve people like have people in your staff or ask your friends or hire somebody or just hang out in our communities right like that's okay we don't mind if straight size pattern designers are in the curvy sewing collective like you're welcome but just read it and start really thinking about it and then you'll get to a point where it's intuitive and instinctive but the hope is that the book kind of can help people get from a I'm super scared I'm going to get it wrong I don't want to do it because I'm so scared of the potential downside to actually you know what like I can do this I think I know how I'm going to get it. That is such a great resource to pattern designers. And, you know, the truth is you're giving this information to people who are essentially your competitors, especially if they're branching out into plus size patterns. And um, I think it's, it's a wonderful service that you've done to the sewing community. As I said earlier, um, I think you're just such a great example of opening the circle wider. And that's, that's really you know, I think it's our main goal of this podcast, but, but also I think it's it's a great goal for humans in general just to open the circle wider. And um, I'm really uh, thankful that you came and talked to us today. We've taken up tons of your time and we really appreciate it. But yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I mean, obviously, Jenny, I've gotten to know you over the last couple of years and it has been a delight. I didn't even know how much Kashmir had affected you until you came to a photo shoot and you told me and I practically burst into tears. So pictures of Jenny, if people don't already know, pictures of Jenny on Kashmir do extremely well on social media. You're like a hot, uh, a hot piece of content generation for us. Um, and I think it's just, you know, you're a testament also to just like being unapologetic and joyful, right? Like for a long time, like you didn't see fat people looking joyful Mm -hmm. and happy and vibrant and wearing colors. And like, you obviously dress in a way where you're not trying to make yourself disappear, right? That's a joke, right? It's like the opposite. It's like, whoa, Jenny Hassler's coming down the road. And that, and that's fantastic. And I think what's so good is- Jenny Hassler's in the middle of the road. Yeah, it's exactly Jenny Hassler's (laughs) in the middle of the road. And I think it's so empowering to people, right? Like it's so empowering. And I think that you have- influence so many people to feel good about themselves and and look at you as a role model I really think that you are a amazing role model in the online sewing community so thank you for that well I I I really appreciate it I definitely try to be what what I want to see in the sewing community and I don't always get it right but man I definitely try my my mother had that thing (laughs) she thought I could hide how fat I was for most of my life and I always I always wondered about it. I'm like, what about that girdle is really, <laughs> oh man, I had no idea Jenny was fat when I yeah. take it off. And so it was always curious to me, but, um, but yeah, I've, I've come a long way since I returned to sewing. It's, it's great to see the expansion that there has been in sizing and opportunity for fat sewists. I love it. And I appreciate the role that you played in that. So yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Great. Thanks so much. See, see you, you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. Punk Frackers is created, produced, and edited by Beverly Baptiste and Jenny Hassler. On Instagram, you can find the podcast at Punk Frackers. You can find Jenny at J.O. Hassler and Beverly at Weeds to Wildflowers. Our artwork and music is created and performed by Jim Duran. You can find him on Instagram and his website at jimduran.art.